you are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. So we, again, we are on our second week of our series, Hope is Born. And uh, what we're doing is we're actually journeying through the life of Joseph and Mary. In case you didn't know, Christmas time is upon us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Uh, Christmas time is upon us, and uh, for those of you here that are believers, uh, it would be true to say that Christmas is the time and season of hope, right? Like, we believe that hope is born on Christmas. Like, that's the whole reason for Christmas, and so it's this, this idea of looking at the life of Joseph and Mary and just being in awe of everything that they went through just so they can birth the hope of the world to all of humanity. And so really the, 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 the uh, thesis, the premise behind these three weeks is this, that, that how you see God will determine what you're willing to go through for him, to share the hope with other people. And it really stems out of what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. He's hanging out with his uh, disciples, and he asks them this question. He says, who do people say that I am? In other words, he was asking his disciples, how do people see me? They responded. They said, uh, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say you're just another prophet. And basically what they were saying is, People see you just as another person, another good person. People see you as just another good idea. Could I say that your threshold for pain to share the hope of the world with others if is just through the lens of seeing Jesus as another good person or another good idea that you will not be willing, you will not be willing to go through, the, through it all to share the hope of the world with other people? Like, Jesus has to become more than just another good idea. Jesus has to become more than just another good man. If we, myself included, are ever going to share this hope with other people. And so this morning, last week we looked at the life of Mary. This week we are going to look at my man, Joe. And for those of you that are taking notes, I'm, I'm titling this message simply this, Joe's Woes. Joe's woes. Let's pray one more time and we'll jump into it. Father, we love you. God, I thank you uh, for this opportunity that we have to come together and hang out with you, God, and to, to really just engage with you. God, I thank you for each person that is here. I pray, God, that for the next uh, 90 minutes that I'm preaching, I'm just kidding, for the, for the next few moments that I'm, I'm speaking, God, that you would... Uh, God, that what I say would fall on good ground. God, we want to leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. And God, since you are in the business of change, God, I just want to throw up a special prayer for the Niners. God, they, they need to change. And, and so, God, I thank you that no prayer is too small for you. And no prayer in their case is too big. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said, amen. amen, amen. Hey, isn't it just like life to be in the middle of like bliss? 
of being in the middle of like the best moment ever, and then all of a sudden, boom, an unexpected chaotic mess happens. Isn't that just like life? I liken it to my first experience at Rebounders. If you've never been to Rebounders, it's an amazing place. Um, But specifically, they had this thing called the foam pit. Now, if you've never been to the foam pit, you're missing out because what it is are little two-by-two feet cubes that are filled with, like, memory foam. And they're like fluffy pillows of marshmallowy goodness, right? Like, they're amazing, okay? You're looking at me like, John, you're weird. Stay with me. Stay with me. This, this, this foam pit is, is phenomenal. And, and so, like, I see my little kids, and what you do is they're like, they're, whoops, that's dangerous. There's a, a little, like, a trampoline pad that you, you bounce on, and then you jump into the pit. And I was watching my kids do it, and my kids were having a blast. They bounce on it, and they're like, ah. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I was like, can I, can I try? Is there, like, a weight limit? And they're like, no, you can go. And I'm like, praise God. And so, so here I am. I, I'm looking into the sea of memory foam heaven, okay? Like, and I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. And I run and I jump and, and I just, I just, and I land on these memory foam pillows. And in, a, in, in that moment, I'm like, And I'm just lying, like I'm literally a grown man just lying in this pit, not moving. Like I was, I was in euphoria, like it was amazing. And I'm like literally, I'm there, it seemed like 30 minutes. It probably wasn't that long, but I'm just lying there. And I'm comfy and I don't want to get out. And then all of a sudden the attendant was like, sir, uh, you've been in there for too long. Scaring the little kids, can you please come out? And I was like, yes. And so, like, but here's what I didn't know, okay? And, and this is what I'm getting at, is that the heavier you are, the harder it is to get out because as you push down, the foam, like, compresses. And your boy here is a little bit heavier than little kids, and so, just a little bit. And so here I am. She's like, can you please get out? I'm like, yes, I will. And so I try to make my way out. But as I'm, as I'm trying to move, like I am sinking more and more into the pit. In case you didn't know, I'm a little bit dramatic. <laughs> and so here I am. I'm pushing and I'm sinking. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like oh, my gosh, what is happening? And, and I, like I start getting claustrophobic. I feel like I'm like, I'm like having panic attacks and I'm like, help. And I'm not, and like, you're judging me. Go there after church. It's a workout. And like, I'm sweating. My heartbeat is like, boom, 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 boom. I like, I'm, I'm literally, I genuinely was like, you're going to die here. Like, that's, that's it. You're going to, you're going to die. It's going to be on the head of community voice. Poor pastor died. God was not faithful for him. Like, and so, like, I'm like, I'm like dying, man. Eventually, the lady, she saw the poor struggling man, and she throws the rope out to him. <laughs> and I'm pulling myself back in. I plop myself on the landing. I'm like, ah, ah. 
Like I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And I was thinking about this experience that I had. And it's amazing to me how in one moment, everything was peaceful. In one moment, everything was the way that I actually wanted it to be. In one moment, like life was perfect, but then all of a sudden, in an instant, unexpected chaos took over. See, this idea of bliss to chaos is really the story of Joseph. Let me start off by saying this. Joseph, Jesus' daddy, finds himself in a pickle. Now, if you're here and you have no idea why he's in a pickle, don't worry. I'm going to set it up for you. But I do want you to know before I say this that this is not a plot from an episode of Jerry Springer or Maury, okay? Like, this is in the Bible. This happened. And so here, here is Joseph. He, uh, he, he meets the love of his life. Her name is Mary. And they, 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 make, they meet each other, and as things go, they, they fall in love with each other. So much so that they decide to get engaged. And so they're excited. They're about to get married. They're in that engagement stage, and they're like, she loves him. He loves her. They're like, ah, remember those days. Good answer, husbands. Good answer. I'm still living those days, right? Um, focus, John. So here's Joseph, and, and they're, they're, they're in this place where they're like, ah, they love each other. And then all of a sudden, Joseph gets this text message from Mary, and she's like, yo, we got to talk. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Mary's like, well, <laughs> you guys ever did? Well, <laughs> she's like, I'm pregnant. That's like that dot, 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 right? Like <laughs> response. Um, she's like, I'm pregnant, Joe. And like, you have to imagine Joseph's response, right? Like, it's hard enough if you get pregnant and you're not expecting it. It's way harder to get pregnant, to know your fiance is pregnant, and y'all don't even have sex yet. Come on. Like, he's like, what? This is, and, and, and there's this moment that you're reading this text, and Joseph finds himself in this very awkward situation. And so we're going to pick up there, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 19. And I believe if you don't have your Bible, that they're going to have it on screen. Uh, and it says this, Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. So apparently the news was a little too much for Joe. Because the Bible says, like, he's trying to figure out, okay, like, I am not cool with this. I'm going to break this off. Now, how should I do it? He, he, he's at this place where, where he, he's, he's like, I'm done. Like, this is, not, this is not going to work out. 
See, what, what Joseph finds himself in, and this is kind of, I think we can all relate to, is Joseph finds himself at a problem, in a problem. See, what, what I want you to remember is that Joseph, just like Mary, they had this amazing opportunity to birth the hope of the world for all of humanity. Dare I say that when God created Joseph, I believe that God created Joseph for this moment. And so, so here's Joseph, in, and they have this, this, he has this opportunity to, to become part of, of birthing Jesus, the hope, to all of humanity. And then all of a sudden, as life goes, unexpected chaos just pops its little head in there. And I was looking at this, and you know what? I, I don't think it was by accident that, that this, this unexpected chaos happened. In fact, I think, and, and this is something that we can all understand and hopefully learn from, that it was part, or excuse me, that... That it wasn't a mistake. Let me just say it this way. That it wasn't by accident that this happened. It wasn't by accident. Let me stop and say this. No matter where you are at here this morning, if you are on this side of the spectrum and you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Christ and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, A, first let me say welcome. Like we literally built this church for you. And so we're glad that you're here. And so uh, if, you're, if you're here on that spot or if you're on this other end of the spectrum and, man, you were born in church. Like, mama gave birth to you in church. Like, like, like no matter where you are on this spectrum, here's what I want you to know is that you were created with a purpose and a calling. That you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not an uh-oh. Like, God created you for a purpose. And I believe the purpose you're calling, it's, there's, there's two parts of it, right? There's like a, there's a, um, there is a, let's look at your notes, John, so you don't get it wrong. There is a unique calling that you have, but there's also a unified calling that you have, right? So you have your unique calling, something that only you can do the way that God created you to do it. And then you have a unified calling that as you become a believer, you're part of the body of Christ. And, and our unified calling is uh, that we go out and make disciples for Jesus. Like we're salt and we're light. And that's a unified calling. And so here we are. We all have this, this calling. We all have this purpose. And like I said earlier, I believe that Joseph, when God was like forming Joseph, I don't know what that was. Anyways, when God was forming Joseph, that, that like God was like, hey, I'm creating you for this purpose and for this calling so that you can be part of birthing hope for all of humanity. And here's why I think the fact that uh, chaos popped its ugly little head in is not an accident. Because I believe that if you are not careful, chaos can blind you from your calling. Chaos can blind you from your calling. That if you're not careful, you can get so wrapped up 
with the chaos of life that you can begin to veer seriously off a path from where God wants you, what he has for you. See, if your life was a path that God has and a purpose, you're on this path, right? And you're doing everything that you need to do that you think you should be doing to grow. You're like, I'm part of church. I'm part of a small group. I'm serving. Like, I'm loving Jesus. Like, my worship is getting better. I'm doing all these things. And you're on this path, man. You're on this path. And then all of a sudden, what happens is chaos, boo, comes. And what it does is it it blinds you from the place that you're trying to go. And what happens to a lot of us is that, man, like this chaos, it causes us to think that God is doing something wrong. And so what we do is we're like, no, God, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the wheel. And we're going this way. And if God has you going this way, the chaos has you going this way. That's probably what happened to Israel when they're on their journey 40 years I think it was 40 years. Fact check me. But it's this idea that chaos can blind you from the calling. And Joseph, he, he's in this predicament where he thought he was in love and he thought he was going to be engaged to this lady. Chaos does what it does and Now all of a sudden, what I believe was Joseph's calling is he's now blinded because he's thinking, man, I'm just going to break this off. I'm not even even going to follow through with it. But I love that in our weakness, God's strength is perfected, right? And so I love how God intervenes in the moment. God intervenes in the situation. God sees that there's chaos happening, and he doesn't let poor Joe go through it alone. And let's read verse 20 of uh, chapter 1 of the book of Matthew. It says this, as he considered this, so he being Joseph, (coughs) excuse me, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, I love this. Come on, read it with me. Do not. One more time. Do not. One more time. Come on, that's speaking to someone here this morning. He said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. A couple things I want you to understand about this encounter with the angel. The first thing is this. We have to understand that the angel was speaking on behalf of God. So that everything that the angel says, it was ordained by God. He was speaking on behalf of God. And that's important to understand because when the angel says, don't be afraid, it's not just the angel saying, don't be afraid. It's God speaking through the angel saying, don't be afraid. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is I love how the angel speaks to direct, directly the need that Joseph is going through. He says, Joseph, I know that that life seems just chaotic right now. See, because here's the thing with chaos. Chaos, if we're not careful and if we don't catch it, it breeds fear. 
And so now here all of a sudden, Joseph, there's chaos going on, and he's fearful. I don't want to do this. And the angel speaks to that and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Joseph, I know what you're going through is causing you to doubt. And I know what you're going through is causing you to, to freak out. But Joseph, there's a calling for you. There's something greater than the chaos that I have for you. But in order for you to see it, you got to stick with it. You got to see it through, Joe. And I feel like for someone here this morning, I need to let you know, I know that you've gone through a, a lot of unexpected chaos. I know that there's things that have happened in your life that you weren't expecting. The divorce, you didn't expect that. Losing your house, you didn't expect that. Getting that diagnosis, you didn't expect that. But here's what I love about the angel. He said, don't be afraid. And here's why I believe he said, don't be afraid. It goes back far before there was a Joseph, far before there was a Mary. There was a prophet by the name of Isaiah. And he said this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. He said, a child will be born to you. He will be a wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father. And then he said this at the end. He said, he will be the prince of peace. See, you don't have to be afraid because you have an opportunity to access a God who doesn't just give peace, but he is peace. He's not just peace, but he's the prince of peace. And so whatever you're going through, you can know that God is there. And he's saying to you this morning, don't be afraid because I'm your prince of peace. See, this morning, if you're ever going to see Jesus in his fullness, you first have to understand this, that Jesus is peace. Jesus is peace. Now, there's two types of peace that, that I, I want to share with you real quick, and then we're going to have an opportunity to apply this. But there's two types of peace that, that, that I see in Scripture that Jesus talks about. And the first one is this, for you note takers, it's eternal peace. Eternal peace. Jesus says this in John chapter 16 and verse 33. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace where? In me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Let's keep that verse up there and let's break it down a little bit. Here's, a, here's something, uh, a couple things that I just want to pull out from there. The first thing is chaos happens. That's life. The unexpectedness of the junkiness of life happens. Christian, no Christian. It just happens. I don't understand it. I don't like it. It just happens. So he says here, Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Come on, for those of you that 
have been through a trial or a sorrow or are currently going through it, can I get an amen, please? Thank you. Y'all are really quiet. That's all right, though. He said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But he says this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I love the translation that says, because I have conquered the world. Well, what is Jesus talking about there? That's kind of barbaric. I conquered the world. Well, most people believe that when Jesus is talking about overcoming or conquering the world, what he's really referring to is the fact that he conquered death. And so this idea that death couldn't hold Jesus down, and if death couldn't hold Jesus down, then death can't hold you down as a believer. And so there's this idea here that Jesus is saying, like in me, when you can make a decision to entrust your life, put your, put your life in me, give me your heart, when you can do that, you will find peace. See, there was a conflict back in the first century church. This, this thing, uh, something that they always went through is they, they were always being persecuted all the time. All the time. They were being persecuted because of their faith. They were being persecuted because of what they were, go, uh, because of their belief system. But one common theme that you hear from Peter, Paul, and then even Jesus is this idea, I count it all as loss. I can go through hell while I'm on earth, but this is not my final destination. That I believe in Jesus, there is life. And so it may stink right here. I believe that I have something greater when I'm done. And it's this idea that you can have peace in Jesus. Because there's more than just right here. If I can get you to do anything else, it's to understand what you're living for. Well, I don't got time. Eternal peace. Here's the second one, the second peace that you have access to. Supernatural peace. John chapter 14 and verse 27 says this. I love this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Sometimes I feel like Jesus could be like Dr. Seuss, right? Like, like, like yo, Jesus, talking about <laughs> let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid and we'll keep that up there for a sec in context to what Jesus is talking about he, he, he's about to leave his disciples he's about to ascend into heaven and the disciples are a little distraught they're like oh, don't leave Jesus like you're all we know and this portion of scripture is in the place where uh, Jesus is like, hey, don't worry, guys. It's okay because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is like, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. What are you talking about? I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit has a role to play, to give you peace in your life. And what I love about this, it's a supernatural peace, right? Like it's not like, it's, it's a supernatural peace, which means that it's supernatural. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't have anything to say right there. <laughs> he, he's giving us the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in peace. That we can walk in hope. That we can walk in fullness. That we can walk in joy. That we can walk in love. And I love this. He says, not as the world gives do I give to you. I love this because this is vital to salvation. Like his gift to you, he don't want anything in return. The only thing that he wants from you in return is you to give him your heart, your life. He said, I give it to you. Not like the world. Don't expect me to give you something and, 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 and you think that I'm, you're going to have to give me something back in return. He's like, no, just, I want to give, I'm giving you peace. And so we have access to uh, eternal peace. We have access to supernatural peace. And so some of you right here, just the way you're looking at me, you're like, okay, that's great, John. But how do I access that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I think we could find it in, in chapter, in, back in the story of Joseph, uh, verse 24. And this is Joseph, our story of Joseph. He says this, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and he took Mary as his wife. I love this. When Joseph woke up, he did. Can you just say that? Say, he did. Come on, tap, tap your neighbor on the shoulder. Be like, he did. Ooh, come on, my white church. Turn to your second choice. Tap him on the so shoulder and be like, he did. This is, this is amazing to me because... Joseph's response to the chaos, Joseph's response to the fear was he did. He did. So the, in his dream, the angel said, Joseph, don't be afraid. Take her as your wife. Put a ring on it. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. If you like it, then you Marry her. Don't be afraid. And what was Joseph's response? He woke up and he did. Could it be that easy that the peace that we have access to is literally as easy as waking up and doing it and walking in it and expecting it? Could it be that we might be making it too difficult? That literally the peace that we have access to is he did. We did. We get up and we do. The peace. The peace. And I love this. Y'all can stay standing because we're about to stand anyways. What I love about this is that when Joseph woke up from the dream, 
guess what? Mary was still pregnant. Still pregnant. Like Mary, like he didn't wake up and all of a sudden Mary was like, I'm not pregnant, Joseph. Like she was still pregnant. So that tells me that the situation didn't change. The only thing that shifted was his perspective. And if we can get to that place where we can just begin to shift our perspective from the chaos to the peace, there might be something there, ladies and gentlemen. There might be something there. for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.